1: What's up, everyone, and welcome back for another episode of the QB Factory Reboot brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. We're switching things up a little bit this week, recording on a marvelous Monday. It is April 18th, to be exact. And you guys know that here at BGN Draft, uh, season is just super, super special to us. So we want to continue to dish out the quality content. And so we're bringing on another special guest this week to talk about all things birds. It's draft season. You guys know the drill. But I'm your host, Rachel Privet. I am joined by my amazing co-host, the one and only Mark Schofield, and we're also joined by a very, very, very special guest. His name is Thomas Mott. A lot of you guys might be familiar with him. He is on YouTube. He's the Eagles host for Chat Sports, and you guys can follow him at RealThomasMott. So what's up, Thomas? What's up, Mark? How are you guys both doing on this Monday afternoon?
0: I'm doing great. I mean, listen, we're like less than two weeks from the draft, so it's nuts right now, but it's fun fun to start talking about
2: it. Oh, yeah. It is fun to start talking about it. It's nice that it is just like you said, Thomas, less than two weeks away. And there's also that light at the end of the tunnel when it's like the draft will be in the rearview mirror. And we can maybe sleep for a week or two. Right. i look forward to that as well.
1: I'm excited for that. And before we even get into the draft coverage, it's only right we're called the QB factory a reboot, so we talk quarterback. So we want to know what are your thoughts based off of Jalen Hurts' season this past season. What are your thoughts on him, and maybe what are your expectations for him going into this season?
0: I think I get this question on on my YouTube channel more than than any like any other question. Everybody wants to know, Thomas, are you pro Jalen Hurts or anti Jalen Hurts? And I'll be honest, guys, I, I'm a huge Hurts fan. I think, and it's not because I think that Hurts is like spectacular and that he's like the greatest quarterback ever like he clearly has plenty of pitfalls like accuracy is, is is really bad right now and honestly decision making especially go back to the Tampa Bay game in the playoffs like it wasn't good you know that you go back and watch the film and it's like geez West Watkins is wide open over here missed throw this way to Dallas Goddard you know so he's 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 not perfect but I just see like a lot of hidden gems with him and a lot of stuff that can really come to the surface I think he eventually can be really really good. And we forget how bad some of these young quarterbacks were early. Like Josh Allen wasn't good early on. You know, I was watching, uh, I don't know who I, I was watching today, and they mentioned Josh Allen was terrible in his first playoff game. And I went back and watched the film, and it's like, oh, yeah, he was terrible in his first playoff game. So there are a lot of pitfalls with Jalen Hurts. There's a lot that, that, that he needs to improve on. And I think this is it in terms of the year. Like if he, if he stinks this year, if they miss the playoffs and he's bad, he's done, and they're going to move on. And that's that's fine by me. But what I've always told the people listening to my show is that, would you rather have Jalen Hurts plus, I guess, two first-round draft picks now, but it was three first-round draft picks? Would you rather trade for somebody? And the new name is Kyler Murray out there right now, and it's like, give me Jalen Hurts and two first-round draft picks and two next year and, like, just get some talent around him. The guy won nine games. So I get that people think he's not that great because there are times and it's like, again, geez, Jalen, what are we looking at here? But he's, he's a fine option, and I, I, he's, he's the quarterback I like for Philadelphia.
2: Thomas, you mentioned accuracy and decision-making as his two sort of pitfalls right now, and I think Rachel and I would totally agree with you there. Which do you think he has a better shot at improving upon for the next season?
0: I think it's decision-making. I think I, – I, I don't know. I think very rarely quarterbacks get, like, way more accurate. And he wasn't that bad. It's not like he's in the 55 percentage. That's like 61 or something like that. It's not 65, you know. But I, I think decision-making. And I think it's just getting off of your first read. And that's a rookie quarterback thing, a young quarterback thing. It's like, okay – Here's the play call. We're going in this direction. I need to get the ball out this this fast against this defense to this player, whereas the good quarterbacks see things at, at the line that he had currently doesn't see yet. And he, you know, during the play, make decisions on the fly. That I think that he struggles to do at some sometimes. So, and again, it, I, this is the year where he can improve on that. And apparently he's been in California working with is it Tom House or something like that? that. That quarterback coach has worked with everybody. So he's trying. He's putting in the work, but we're going to find out if he's one of the guys that can figure out how to quarterback properly in the NFL or if he can't figure it out. And it happens all the time. Like they can't figure it out. You're out of here. You're done and move on. So this is the year, but I think decision-making not missing guys on this side of the field who are wide open when he's looking over here, that's the thing that drives all of us nuts. It's like, okay, there's a touchdown right here. Just wait a second or come back to the second read or whatever it is. And that's what infuriates most anti and hurts people. And this one infuriates me too.
2: Yeah. And, and Thomas, one of the things that Nick Seriani told us of the combine was sort of, you know, the importance of that second year in the same system. And this is going to be something that could lead to improved play from Hurts. Do you share that opinion that now that Hurts is finally because, you know, Alabama and then Oklahoma and then Doug Peterson, now he's finally got year two in the same system. Do you think that's going to help his decision making?
0: It should. And it's. I, I think Sirianni didn't get enough grief for what he put Hurts through early on in, in the season. And i know a Nick Sirianni guy as well, in the same way. It's like young, young offensive minded head, head coach. Year two, he should be much better. Those first six games, it was like, Jalen, be our superhero quarterback and like throw the football over the field and like be the field general. It was like, okay, well, he's not ready to do that yet. And once they realized, oh, wait, if we use his legs, you know, we implement some read option, we start running the football ourselves and loading boxes and giving Devontae Smith one on ones. He can start to do some really good things, and I, I, I go back to the Denver tape is one of my favorite yeah. tapes to put on for him. He fantastic in that game. He was really Javante Smith was great too. But I, I think that year two in Sirianni's system, and with Sirianni understanding what he has in Jalen Hurts and really building the offense around him to be successful, is going to be um, a huge thing for Jalen Hurts. Because again, it's so weird in the NFL that this is it takes so long for some of these coaches to like figure it out, but. The coaches come in and want to implement their own offensive systems and it's like your quarterback's not built to do that and the guys who stay in the longest are the guys that can bring in a quarterback and build them along and what they want them or what they're able to do best and what they or their strengths and weaknesses are and so I think Cary figured that out late late in the season but it's like let's just see what happens when he had, knows it all off season long and for a 17 game so yeah I really think so.
1: Let's zoom out just a little bit. If you're ranking him among the other quarterbacks in the division, where would you say he falls? I think he's, uh,
0: I think he's second right now. Although uh, Carson Wentz did not have as bad of a season in Indianapolis as we're making it in hit, it, like it, it out to be. He was still Carson Wentz and did all the things that infuriate us in Philadelphia. I and mean, especially the Jacksonville game was like a full, you know, everything wrong with Carson Wentz pilot in one game, but I, I think Wentz can be successful. I don't know if he's ever going to be 2017 successful, but Dak is one. And I'm not, obviously we're not Cowboy fans, but Dak's still really good. Although Dak is not, you know, $43 million worth in terms of a quarterback. Like that's just something that Cowboy fans really thought he was. And they, you know, the ankle got broken. And then last year he wasn't. So it's like, okay, he's, he's fine, but he's not a top five or eight quarterback in the league. I would put, I'd put Wentz two right now, just because he is a little bit better thrower of the football in terms of what Jalen Hurts is able to do. Hurts three, Daniel Jones, four, but the, the whole division, I mean, with Dak taking a step back, it's all very mediocre quarterbacks. Like this idea that Brian Dable is going to fix Daniel Jones to me is still yet to be seen. I don't see that happening. I think Daniel Jones is what, we, what we've what we seen him to be. Maybe Ron Rivera can fix Carson Wentz. But I think right now, if you have Carson Wentz as your quarterback, you're really just trying to minimize what he does badly and just trying to like hide all of his flaws as best as possible. Because he can win games, too. And there were some cool, uh, games last year where he was, he was really, really good. But I think Hertz is two right now. I mean, Hertz could easily be one at the end of, of, of next year, too, because Dak's, again, just not that special. So I'll go Dak, Wentz, just from experience for Carson Wentz. I'm not a Wentz hater like a lot of Eagle fans are. Hurts, and then we'll go with Daniel Jones.
2: Thomas, did it surprise you to see Washington trade for Wentz? I agree with you that like Wentz didn't have as bad a season as it made it out to be. I think that Jacksonville game kind of recency bias clouded everybody's mind. Yeah. Did it surprise you to see a team sitting at 11th in the draft, give up two picks, one that can become a second and take on his whole salary? Yeah. You know,
0: there are two ways to look at that because I think, and we're going to talk about, I'm sure draft quarterbacks in a little bit, everyone knows that this is a terrible class. And I think teams and GMs have done their draft due diligence. And some of them are very much in, you know, like Pittsburgh, I think is very much in on taking a quarterback. And there are some, I think Seattle is as well. And there are some, I think like Washington, who went like, I don't want to touch Malik Willis and make him start in year one. So I, I, I'm, I'm most shocked about that it wasn't Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Garoppolo was the most smart trade you could have done from a quarterback perspective if you needed one this offseason. And Pittsburgh as well. I don't know why Pittsburgh didn't do that. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo just wins games, and he's not that bad. He still makes I – mean, the problem that we have, and I'm going a bunch of different ways here, is that everybody wants their quarterback to be Josh Allen. Like, that's the expectation. Like, why isn't my guy Josh Allen? Because you watch him battle it out with Patrick Mahomes in that playoff game, and it's like, why can't my guy do that? And they're so fixated on trying to make sure that they get Josh Allen that they're passing up on guys who can win you games. And I thought that Jimmy Garoppolo at this point would have been traded, but he, I guess, he hasn't been. I think the same goes for Carson Wentz. They see that Carson Wentz did have potential to be Josh Allen because he basically was in 2017. He was great. He was at that caliber of, of a level. And I think the expectation is there. Well, I can just fix him. Like I can get him in here in my you know new commander system. I'm Ron Rivera, whoever it is, you know, in terms of making those calls, and we can get back to 2017. And that was the thought process with Frank Reich and with the Colts is they thought we can do it again. And they realized that, that they couldn't, it's just a matter of time for how many more chances does the guy get? Because he clearly couldn't get back to that point. Right. So, and maybe 2017 was just a straight outlier season. Like I was so bought into Carson Wentz, I was like, we have literally found the next great quarterback. We're going to have, I mean, next 10 years, we're going to win Super Bowls with this guy. I was all in. And I was all in in 2018. I, I blamed a lot of the, the, what what uh, Doug Peterson did and, and the pieces around him and all the injuries. And then after that, his final year, it was like, hey, wait, maybe he's never going to be 2017 again. So I, I get what they're trying to do in Washington. And Washington's going to be a pretty good football team. They have good defense. They have weapons on the outside. But I, I think we're just all trying to chase the next Josh Allen. And he's not going to be Josh Allen. So I don't know. We'll see.
2: You mentioned Garoppolo, and I kind of wanted to go here for a second because Carolina's sitting at six. They're now the team that's linked with Garoppolo. Yeah. Obviously, if they don't do that trade, then that's a potential spot for a quarterback, which could push a very good player down into Philadelphia's laps when they have those two picks. And so do you think a Garoppolo trade gets done before the draft, or do you think that's a spot where you might see a quarterback come off the board?
0: There's got to be something – that's keeping Garoppolo from being traded. The asking price is way too high. Cause I think we heard a couple of second round draft picks or whatever. Right. I think, I think the 49ers are wanting too much because it just doesn't make sense why he's still there. Because the, the report this morning that I read is that they've told Trey Lance he's quarterback one. And so why are you paying Garoppolo 25 plus million dollars, whatever it is, I, that to me would make the most sense. And I've a, I, I went to Baylor. I was with Matt rule when he was there. I, I covered the team. I'm a huge Matt rule guy. And it, i have been shocked how bad he's been in Carolina. If I'm Matt rule, like is Kenny Pickett saving my job? Like how many right. games am I winning with Kenny Pickett? You know, so I would trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I still, is it going to cost a sixth overall draft pick? It shouldn't, in my opinion. But maybe that's why Garoppolo hasn't been moved. Maybe they're just too stingy about it because they obviously love trade Lance. So I, I do think that is where your first quarterback goes. I saw a mock draft that had Malik Willis going like two overall or something like that. I, I think Carolina either someone trades up to two, take Willis or Pickett or 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 Carolina stays put, but. I don't see anybody else going ahead of him, but again, if I'm Carolina Garoppolo with Christian McCaffrey and they've worked on the offensive line and they have some weapons on the outside, like you could do a lot worse in the NFC South.
1: All right. So let's get into the QB class. I know you said yeah. that you're not a fan of it. And so far looking at the pre-draft uh, visits that the Eagles have done so far, they've only had one quarterback, Matt Corral. What are your thoughts on him and how upset would you really be? I don't think it's going to happen. I think we know this is not going to happen if yeah. they took him. Um, as early as in the first round
0: yeah you know I mentioned earlier it's a bad quarterback class it's not a great quarterback class but one of the four like Ritter I guess five with Howell Ritter Corral Willis Pickett one of them is going to be good like it's just statistically impossible that all five of them are going to stink the question is which one I'm trending higher on Matt Corral than I was at the beginning of the whole draft process because these guys go up and down boards. And it's funny to watch mock drafts happen. You guys watch it, too. I'm a Kenny Pickett, one, just because he's the most pro-ready. And if you want to get a guy in to maybe win games, then I'll go Corral, too. The Malik Willis hype to me is insanely overblown because, again, they think he's Josh Allen. Like, that's kind of what they – no one will say it out loud on, like, ESPN or whatever, but that's genuinely, like – Big, strong arm, mobility. You know, comes from a small school. Didn't have a ton of success, like you know, at Wyoming or whatever. Liberty. I, that that's the hope with Malik Willis. I just don't see it, and it scares me that a team is going to take him in the first round and probably in the top fifteen and have to go ahead and immediately start him. I like Corral as quarterback number two. And there's a there's an article I was reading about him months ago that a bunch of people in college football said this is the best player in college football that no one talks about. Like he has had a lot of success at Old Miss. And we think back to the Alabama game and he really struggled in the Alabama game. And it's like, well, there's your NFL defense against Matt Corral. He must stink. But you put the rest of Corral's film on his mobility. He has the right size. He seems to have the right head on his shoulders. He has that kind of chip on his shoulder too, that you saw Jalen Hurts have whenever he came out. I'm a big Corral fan for anybody but Philadelphia. And I think it's very, very clear that the Eagles can't take a quarterback in the first round. And the Corral visit is interesting Because on one hand, it's like you only have 30 visits. So why are you bringing him in unless you actually like him? The other hand, it's like, you know, there's going to be smoke somewhere. And you got to figure people are going to be calling and trying to make deals and trying to move up and down the draft. And so that's my hope is that it's just simply a, hey, we're interested. Wink, wink. Come and get our pick if you actually want it. Because Howie's going to go nuts in this draft. I think he's going to trade up and down like crazy. So I would definitely see it being more of a smoke screen than actually a real thing. If they were to take him. I'd have the same feeling that I had draft night when they drafted Jalen Hurts because back then I was a I was a, a Carson Wentz purist and I was all in a Carson Wentz and in the second round they took Jalen Hurts and I was like, what are we doing? This is the dumbest move of all time. And I've learned that it actually made sense. Although I think back back whenever it happened, they weren't envisioning having to trade Carson Wentz. Like he was genuinely trying to do the quarterback factory thing. So I, I really hope it doesn't happen again. But how we they love these quarterbacks and it's just, it's so weird, but he loves having multiple guys. And right now, I mean, I guess he does have a, a, what's his face as the backup. They they haven't traded him yet. I'm blanking on his name. Gardner Minshew. Minshew. Yeah. But behind Minshew, there's not much there. And so you could see how he's spinning that as, Oh, well, you know, we're a quarterback factory. And it's like, please don't just don't.
2: Thomas, do you think there's potentially a research project with the Corral visit? Because one of the things that Corral said at the combine was that a lot of NFL teams are asking him about how Mississippi dealt with drop eight coverage. And we saw, right. you know, with the Cincinnati Bengals did to the Chiefs in the AFC championship game with drop eight. I've got this feeling that that's going to be the next thing. We had the too high revolution the past couple of years. Now we might see drop because of what it did to the, to the yeah. Kansas city chiefs. Do you think that they had them in partly to talk about that, to get an idea of what might work against these coverages if they see them next year?
0: Yeah. I mean, it totally could be. And, and he's one of the guys that you could really kind of pick his brain on doing that. There's so much showmanship and gamership going on right now. And again, everyone's so scared of all these young quarterbacks, they're gonna rip you apart, like Justin Herbert and Allen and Mahomes, stuff like that. So I think that can make sense. But I also I think Howie can't help himself. And I think that if it's not a smoke screen and he's genuinely interested in these guys, it's Howie trying to be like, let's just make sure this isn't. And again, I keep saying it, Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. Like, let's right. just make sure. Because what if we bring him in and he is, and I genuinely believe that he is, if Howie Roseman's speaking here we can at least do our due diligence say that we tried him out and stuff like that. So it's one of the two. And that's the beauty of draft season. It's like, I have have no idea. I really don't, but I'll I'll be so shocked if in the first round, it's a quarterback round two, three, four wouldn't surprise me because it's Howie, but first round I would be, it it would blow my mind.
1: Would you say that there are any quarterbacks who are maybe being underrated so far based off of what we've been hearing in the media?
0: um sam howell is getting a lot of disrespect right now and i'm not a sam, sam howell guy but that was like your number one quarterback in this class uh pre spencer rattler sucking at, uh, at at uh oklahoma so how he's he's drifted a lot i don't know if it's due to the fact the acc was terrible this year or if he just obviously if you put the film on he's not he's not crazy special but he's he's no longer a first round guy although i saw a new mock draft because there's one every day these days that had him going inside the uh, top 25 so you never know I think you're getting four quarterbacks in the first round. And it's a question of, is is Ritter going in the first round or is Howell going in the first round? And right now it feels like Ritter is going to be the first rounder with, because of the mobility. And so uh, I think Howell's getting disrespected a little bit. But Howell can be in a really good spot if he doesn't go in the first round because you can have somebody trade back up in the second round and take him at like 38 overall and he goes to a better situation. It's like, where do you really want to go in terms of uh, – You know, being a rookie quarterback, because we've learned with Sam Darnold, you know, the matter is wherever you end up and a lot of other guys before it. So I, I think Howell overall has been the most disrespected. I think everyone else has just been overrated, too. I think there's not a lot of disrespect going on right now. I think it's like these guys are great. Look how fantastic these guys are. Maybe a top five pick and any other year, all of them except for, I guess, Kenny Pickett would be a second round pick at best.
2: You mentioned the, the idea, Thomas, of you know, they probably don't draft quarterback in the first round, but maybe right. we get into day two, maybe early day three. They decide, all right, now we're going to draft a quarterback to bring in, take a look at. As we get into, say, that third round comp pick at 101 or the fourth round at 124, is there a quarterback, say, in the later rounds? Do you think? this guy might have something to him and maybe in Philadelphia, it might work for him in their offense.
0: Yeah. I've gotten that that question a lot too. Cause people are, are like trying to find the next, you know, uh, backup to go ahead and kind of mimic Jalen hurts Akil glass out of Alabama. A and I don't know if he's going to get drafted, but he's one of those like late, late guys that you could see with their seventh round draft pick or their sixth round draft pick. The one quarterback, I just don't know what you're getting at out it of, out of him is Carson strong. Like I feel like he is just an absolute mystery. They never talk about him on national media. Uh, you don't see him mocked almost any. I mean, most mock drafts are two rounds. He doesn't go in the first two rounds. And so you don't get to hear about him, read about him. You got to put the tape on yourself. Is he a second round guy? Is he a fourth round guy? I don't really know. But he wouldn't surprise me if he was a pick just simply from the fact that Howie, again, wants his quarterback class. And here's a guy who is not a Keel Glass at Alabama AM, who, you know, played against nobodies and is someone no one actually knows. Here's a guy that you actually would recognize with your names for. For the namesake, he's played at a legit school at Nevada. And so I can see him being a third or fourth round guy that Howie brings in and says, hey, we're just going to see what happens. And he turns into the Nate Sudfeld kind of situation for so long. Because Sudfeld always felt like a really good backup. He just never, ever saw the field. And I think you could see something similar with that with Carson Strong. But I, I do think Howie's going to take a quarterback in this draft. I just am praying it's after round you know four. That way we don't waste picks on, on needless, needless positions. Especially if Gardner's still on the roster, which still blows my mind.
2: Right. Do you think with Strawn, it's the medical history, Thomas? It's just teams are so wary of that knee injury. And yeah. they're telling people in the media, like, look, we're scared off by this. That's why he's sort of fallen under the radar.
0: It probably is. And again, it's 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 Nevada. And I, I genuinely think, even though I know that teams aren't this dumb, but who they talk about on ESPN and, and Fox Sports and stuff are the people, are, are, are the names that fans start to understand. And that plays a tiny little role in who you draft as your quarterback. Because if you're a quarterback-needy team, and you miss out on the names that you hear every single day. Like, we didn't get Blake Willis. Oh, so we didn't get, you know, Desmond Ritter. We got Carson Strong. Ooh, I don't really like that. Who's that guy, you know? I didn't watch any Nevada games this year. It, it's it's 1% of the draft process, but I do think it is part of the whole, you know, persona of, oh, he's, he's our guy of the future, but if you haven't heard of him, then it's like, okay, well, is he really our guy of the future? So adding the injury and then paired with the fact that no one talks about him is the reason he's going to be you know, fourth round or something like that.
1: In the past, me and Mark have talked about how like the game is literally changing before our eyes and mobility matters. It's so yeah. important. How important would you say looking at like this breath as, as an example it is when when looking at like your franchise quarterback?
0: Mobility is so weird because I, we talk about it all the time, right and I've always said that I'm not a big Lamar Jackson guy because he's, he's, he's too mobile. And that's kind of the rip right now on Kyler Murray. Although I think Kyler throws the football very, very well. And I, you can still win with Lamar Jackson. I think they'll make it easy, you know, go to the Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson, but the perfect mix of mobility right now. And I'm going to beat this name to the ground is Josh Allen. Cause you have everything you want in a pocket passer and he's a pure pocket passer by all intents and purposes. And then he gashes you for 30 yards. And that's what I think Jalen Hurts can really start to do in 2022. I think that Hurts can really be that sort of quarterback because he is extremely mobile, and they run a lot of quarterback, you know, you know, power and read option with them, and they try to get him on the edge. But in the end, he still is a very you know, good. Is the strong is is the right word? But he still is a pocket passer. He's a pocket passer with mobility, and that's what I want in my quarterbacks. I think that's the beauty of the majority of guys in this class, and the way you can spin liking them if your team takes them. Like Matt Corral, he has the same thing: nice arm, mobility. Malik Willis, really good arm, decent mobility. Desmond Ritter, I think he's going to jump in the first round due to the fact that he's mobile. I think it's important. But you also go through, you know, the last four quarterbacks standing each of the past couple of years, and it's all pocket guys first, who might have a little bit of mobility. Because like he, Mahomes is a pocket guy, but he also can scramble for fifteen yards out of the blue and really, you know, surprise you on a third down and seven. So I, I think that you've got to be pocket first. You've got to win from the pockets. The same thing we always say: you have to be Tom Brady from the pocket. But at the same time, the young guys now have a little bit of mobility, and that and that definitely is a huge plus whenever you have a th- something break down on a third down fourth or third down at five so again how I-, I think Howell's rip is that he's not mobile and of course you know not super successful this past year uh inside the ACC and I think that that's the one thing that would really turn me off from Pickett it's like you're not getting any mobility with with Kenny Pickett you're getting a straight statue and so it's like he's got to be really good or else he's gonna get you know beat up and, and throw a bunch of picks and get sacked a bunch so that's that, that's that's the draw right now to the other three of Corral, Ritter, and, and Willis is being able to have a little bit of mobility mixed in there because I think it's super important.
2: Let's sort of take quarterback and put it to the side because I think we're all sort of in agreement. It's yeah. not in play for the first round. So those picks at 15 and 18, Thomas, are there positions you've got in mind? Are there players you've got in mind? Like What would you be you know waking up Friday morning over the moon with if the Eagles did on that Thursday night?
0: Yeah, it's it's a mixture. I, I think your second-round draft pick comes into play here because you really need a linebacker, a wide receiver, a corner, and a defensive end. Those are your four needs. Defensive end, not as much anymore because I love Hassan Reddick, and then Josh Sweat's going to be good, and I think Brandon Graham will, will be just fine, although not nearly as good as he once was pre-injury. But you're set there, but you can always have more, and Howie always takes defensive linemen. So it wouldn't shock me if they were to take a lineman uh, at 15 or 18, although now with a Jabo, you can just wait till late round one, early round two, and just grab him there. I'd love that. So it really comes down to cornerback, wide receiver, and uh, 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 and linebacker. You can mix safety in there too, but let's just assume they're going to stay at fifteen. Kyle Hamilton's not there, so you just get safety out of your like out, out, out of your mind immediately. For me, it's a wide receiver. I think you got to get one, and then and then really it's it's take your pick on linebacker or corner. But whatever you don't get, you must get in round two. Like they they still have to get a linebacker, and so if you don't get uh, uh, Nakobe Dean or Devin Lloyd then Chad Muma out of Wyoming in round two. It's like, you have to do it. If you don't get a cornerback, if Stingley doesn't fall, if you don't like McDuffie or Andre Booth, then you got to get somebody in round two. Like you, right now they don't have a second corner. And this whole Zach McPherson is going to start thing, which they tried to pitch us at the owner's meeting. It was like, Oh, we really like our four young guys. It was like, do you, because you keep trying to go sign all these cornerbacks and you keep failing at it. So, I I think wide receiver for sure. And then it's your pick of cornerback or linebacker. I'm a huge Devin Lloyd fan. I'm like so sick of having bad linebacker play. And TJ Edwards played well at times later in the year. And uh, Davion Taylor, I think is really exciting on the outside. But like, can we get an actual linebacker? Like like a legit middle linebacker who's going to start every single snap unless you're in quarters coverage and who can actually, you know, fill holes and be a leader of the defense. Like they just haven't had that. Like Jeremiah Trotter was the last time we had that. And I was like, five years old, you know, it's, it's been forever. So I I think take your pick of the wide receivers. We, we can talk about them. I have no preference on any of the top four, like right now in terms of London, Olave, Wilson, uh, Jamison Williams, you can throw in Traylon uh, Burks there at number five. Like I have no preference there. Pick one because I think that they're all fantastic. I'm leaning towards Olave right now because he can be in the slot and run, run really good routes and he's crazy fast. But I, I do think whatever you don't do in terms of corner or linebacker, you gotta come back around and take in round two. If they if they don't take a linebacker in the first four rounds, it's I I, I beat my head against a, like, like a freaking wall because it's it just doesn't make sense. Like it, you've gotta get a linebacker in this draft. But at the same time, it's a long-winded answer. Howie always takes defensive linemen. So when he takes a defensive lineman and Tyler Linderbaum at 15 and 18, and we all start freaking out, I'm just gonna sit back and say, like, this is a Howie draft, except how he does.
2: So 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 Thomas, you're basically expecting Jordan Davis at 15 and Tyler Lindebaum at Literally, 18. Literally, yeah, and I would not surprise me
0: at all. Yeah. <laughs> and I like Jordan um, yeah. Davis, but I like at 15, it's like, geez, do we really like this did Milt Williams mean nothing last year? Do we need another one in there? So yeah.
2: I, I wanted to pick your brain about this this corner group because I, I think it's really talented. Um obviously you mentioned some of the guys on top, Gardner, Stanley, you've got Booth, you've got McDuffie, you've got McCreary, you got Elam. Is there a guy you'd like to see in Philly out of that group, or is there somebody else you have in mind?
0: Yeah, I was not a uh, McDuff, uh, uh, McDuffie fan for, like, a while. Like, he was mocked early, in like a very early Todd McShay mock draft, and I was like, what is this guy? I didn't watch any Washington games last year. Like, I wanted a Gardner or, or Stingley like everybody else, but Gardner for sure will not be there. And Stingley's falling, but he's not falling that – he's not falling to 15. So, McDuffie, to me, is the leader in the clubhouse right now because I think just overall he's a freak of an athlete. You put the film on, it's like, this guy's great. He can tackle really well. I I can see McDuffie at 15. Andre Booth is to me, my second is, is the next guy up there. I just, again, 15 just feels like a stretch. Like if I was at 20 and took Andre Booth, it's like, okay, that's fine. 15 though. It still feels like you're, you're in that elite uh, talent hunting draft, uh, a slot. Like as soon as you get past 15, it's like, well, maybe they'll be good, but maybe they won't. But like 15 needs to be a guy who's ready to rock day one, like instant success. So I'm, a, I'm a, a McDuffie guy. If you can't get Stingley or Gardner, and then I think Andre Booth. But, again, if if, if it's between Andre uh, Andre Booth or Andrew. Is it Andre or Andrew? I'm, I'm butchering that. It's
2: boom. Andrew. I, I do it all the time, too. Don't worry. I
0: Andrew Booth at Clemson. Between him and Devin Lloyd at 15, and McDuffie's off the board already, I'll take Devin Lloyd over him any day
1: well thank you so much for your time uh we really really like appreciate having you it's been amazing do you have anything any plugs any last things you want to throw out there yeah us? i mean listen
0: did you always find me at the channel the philip eagles now on twitter at real time with uh we're gonna do a lot of draft coverage of chat sports as we uh leave into that as i'm sure that, that you guys are as well and I, i'm just gonna say it's gonna be a wild next two weeks i mean i think this is gonna be nuts i think Howie's gonna go insane it would not shock me if we're trading up or trading down I I think the second and third round he's going to go up and down that board and going to get his guy which all the power to him so it's going to be fun I'm I'm excited I appreciate you guys having me on
2: thank you Tom see you guys